you know, I've got some mantras. I, I always say, and I will say this to other people as well, always be clear about your purpose or others will use you for theirs. So I think it's very, uh, you know, very, very important to be conscious of other people's agendas as well as your own and find out whether there is a, a match really in any kind of relationship, business or personal. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Jane Baylor on the show. Uh, good morning to you, Jane. Good morning, Julian. It's very exciting to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me and can't wait to share some of my journey with your guests. Yes, no, looking forward to our conversation. Uh, you're known as the smart connector. Yeah. And you have a wealth of experience in the corporate world building multi-million pound businesses uh, and yeah. you, are the, you are the founder of the Smart Connector, where you turn businesses into impactful client-getting machines. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to we're going to be exploring your story, how you overcame cancer, mm-hmm. uh, the lessons you learned, some of the hacks along the way uh, that helped you and still maintain your business, and and, and obviously here today. Uh, but before we get into that conversation, Jane, I'd like to ask her, uh, what do you love about what you do? Well, I guess at my heart, I'm a creator and I've always been a creator. I'm a lifelong creator, which is very difficult actually growing up in a family that didn't value those things. Uh, So I really felt as though I had to fight very much, you know, from the start of my life to be able to express myself and to be able to essentially do what I was born to do, which is really, um, you know, not only... um, create my myself uh you know create my own um world let's just say around me um rather than consume other people's ideas thoughts um everything else i just like to be that person but also i'm a very nurturing person i really love to help other people succeed as well and i help them get inspired and you know become more creative more uh, more themselves, really, and bring their message and their uh, value, really, to the world. And that's why, you know, my business is very meaningful to me and I really enjoy it because, you know, ultimately that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's making an impact in doing the things that you love and becoming more of yourself and being able to communicate that. So, yeah, it's very, very rewarding. So how, how did you battle through the the creativity in, inside you uh, with the backdrop of your family didn't really recognize or appreciate that? Well, it was actually very hard. And I know that I'm not alone in this respect because, um, you know, my parents had a, a idea for me that I would be a teacher. And, you know, in a way I am a teacher now. So maybe they saw something in me. It's something that uh, that they just decided I would be good at. So they basically took the initiative. They enrolled me into a teacher training course, really without very much consultation. They just said, that's what you're going to do. And at that particular time, I was just completely clueless. I I had no idea. And it was like, oh, well, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do, (laughs) which I know is not really ideal. But very, very quickly, I realized, do you know, this just doesn't feel right for me. So I did a year of that. And then I combined it uh, completely against their wishes with a uh, with drama. Uh, so I started doing the drama. I absolutely loved it. And then I realized, you know what, I was always brilliant at English. I'm going to 
I'm just going to switch and I'm going to do drama and English. And that was when they got very unhappy and um, very angry, really, that I was just wasting my time doing something where, you know, what kind of a job are you going to get? Nobody's ever going to employ you with a degree in drama and English, which was true. (laughs) So I had to get very entrepreneurial very, very early on. And then I got involved in design and I started kind of designing sets and uh, then I did a postgraduate in theatre design, and they were even more angry by this point. Um, so it was really, I was very, very alone in all of this stuff, but I just couldn't help it. You know, that was who I was. Um, so, you know, I spent around four years as an art director, as a designer, had a really interesting kind of freelance career in film and TV and theatre and all of that. And that then kind of flipped over into my uh, corporate career. And because obviously I already had connections, I ended up working for some really interesting television companies, advertising agencies. I mean, really, that kind of kickstarted, I suppose, my my marketing journey where, you know, it's a good place to be if you're creative because creativity is valued in that environment and uh, people are willing to pay for it. Mm. So you know, one way or another, it turned out okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard, isn't it, when you're pushing against parents when you're young against what they think is right and what you're sort of feeling inside and what you think your purpose is. Uh, it's quite tough, actually, to overcome that. And obviously, you you, you push through despite those challenges. Uh, and we're going to talk about some challenges you've had in your own life. And I want to go back to your, your personal journey of, of overcoming cancer and mm-hmm. almost – get an understanding of what were the key moments that helped you stay positive and what motivated you through that experience? Because I'm sure it must have been quite difficult at times. Yes. Um, so obviously, it's not really something that you think about when you're in the middle of your life. Obviously, we all know that people get cancer, but I guess you always like to think that's never going to happen to me, as most people do. However, uh, when it did, I realized, um, first of all, breast cancer was endemic in my family and I had never been tested for any of the any any of the genes or anything like that, which they did subsequently do. Um, but they hadn't done that up until that point. Um, now, there is obviously it's a complicated uh, illness because, as most people know, there are some genetic uh, components. Most people do agree with that. Um, but a lot of it is environmental. Some of it is lifestyle. Um, some of it is, um, is is a lot of things that we just don't know and we don't understand even today. So I think one of the uh, challenges when you get diagnosed with cancer is that people like to think, well, you know, she brought it on herself because she's got an unhealthy lifestyle, right? Um, a lot of people do think that. And that is a stigma that you have to carry as a cancer sufferer and also a cancer survivor. Do you, th- and, do you, think, do you think that's still around now, that sort of stigma in ca- cancer? Uh, you, you look, I mean, perhaps not uh, within more kind of enlightened um communities, let's just say. But at that particular time, uh, my youngest daughter was only eight years old. 
And when I when I went to used to take her to schools when I was going through treatment and I'd lost my hair and, you know, it's quite obvious that I wasn't very well. I didn't look it because you don't when you're going through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that, uh, you know, there were people who they would just see me coming and they would run away from me. And um, so you actually saw it. You really saw it that they were they just didn't want to be um, associated with infected by, you know, I don't know, anything. And um, that's really, really tough when you see that happening. People mm. that have been, you thought were your friends and you realize actually um, what it comes down to is I think they probably just didn't want me to ask them to do me any favors, like look after my daughter when I went to hospital or, you know, people can be very selfish and very uncaring and very thoughtless. Um, and unfortunately, that is the case. I think when you do go through this, you really find out who who cares, mm-hmm. who the good people, who the good guys are, and they are the ones that they show up. Uh, you know, they go out of their way to say, can I help? Um, what can I do? Uh, are you okay? How are you doing? You know, all of those kind of things. And I, there were people who I never expected to do that and be that way that were. And then there were other people who I thought were my friends who proved to be just, you know, not my friends. Um, and I think mm. that was an interesting interesting experience because it shifts your values i think yeah and, and people might be maybe facing cancer who are listening to this right now and maybe facing some challenges yeah um, when you were faced with that, that that the news you got cancer yeah i'd like to almost go back to that moment of how you dealt with that you know whether it was a good way bad way how, how have you dealt with it and how did yeah. you get yourself through that because it'd be interesting to understand your journey of what you did to try and help yourself navigate that challenge. Yes, absolutely. Well, when I got the news, as I said, I was very, very busy at the time. I was I was running a business. My children were very young. Uh, my husband wasn't particularly supportive. He was out all the time anyway. So I was doing a lot in the house, a lot with the children, obviously, you know, running running a business. I mean, not in the way that I do now, because a lot of my time was going into the children. But nevertheless, you know, like many, many mums with three young children, I was busy. So I didn't really think about uh, any of this stuff. So it came as a very big shock. Um, you know, when I felt this this lump and then I went to the doctors and it was clearly it was a lump that was very fixed. And that was something that they say is a bad sign. And I could tell by the looks on their faces that they thought that this was cancer. Mm. And so, um, you know, there was obviously the delays when you go through the, all the tests and there were a lot of tests. And during that time, there's a lot of uncertainty and it's very easy for your imagination to go into overdrive. Um, and you can really believe, you know, this is it. I'm going to die. I'm going to leave my young children behind in this world. And for me, that was the most awful thought of all because I had a very difficult childhood myself and it was the most important thing to me in my life to be there for my children and actually be a different type of parent to them than the parents that I had. So this was excruciatingly painful. And um, at that particular time, um, I think there were other uh, moments. Um, so when I they detected some kind of a shadow on my spine or my rib, 
Um, and I know that because I actually had quite a poor prognosis, I think that they thought this is it, it has spread. And so I had to go and have uh, all these tests, um, you know, the bone scans and everything like that. And at that particular time, you know, thinking, well, this is going to be, you know, secondaries or whatever, um, then you really are staring death in the face. And, you know, you come up against your own mortality. And that is when the mindset, uh, let's just say, does not become optional. It's like, look, either I just live in hell all day, every day with my brain tormenting me with these kind of thoughts that I am going to die. And not only am I going to die, I'm going to leave my children alone in this world with a particularly useless father, two fathers, actually, (laughs) Um, both of whom are completely useless and they will not be able to do the job that I do. Um, so either I live with those thoughts all day, every day, and just you you would just end up feeling awful, um, or I had to find some other way of managing those stre- that stress and those feelings. And so at that time, um, I, I found faith. Um, I found acceptance and peace with my own mortality, if it was to come. Um, and I think going through that process, it fundamentally shifts everything. The way that you look at life, just it's like putting on a different pair of glasses. And I think what happens when you become a cancer survivor is you become strange in some ways to people who have not been through that. Um, And because they just they just have no uh, they just don't really understand why you are the way you are in some respects. Um, but you know, I, I think that, I think that as a result, I think I've become a much better person. I think I've become a more authentic person. I think I've become a more interesting person and more purposeful. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I've I've never experienced anything like it, but I can imagine having staring death, in, in the face, so to speak, you know, with that sort of news, uh, it does change your perspective on life. And, and I'm sure, and then if you survive it and overcome it, I'm sure you, you get com- complete paradigm shifts of mm-hmm. how you view yourself, view others, your time on, on earth, and, and that sense of purpose wanted to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the, obviously it must have been, obviously it's really tough, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure it was, but what, when you look back, was there any sort of daily things that you did to try and keep yourself more optimistic and positive and that sort of resilience to keep going rather than just going into the depths of I'm going to die and then that's it and just giving up type of mindset? How did you, what, what things did you do? Did you notice anything different you did in terms of uh, practices? Just a short interruption to the episode to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in association with Logicorp, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences and leave? Are you struggling with attracting and retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at Lodge Court and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So focus on what you do best and let Lodge Court deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored, flexible monthly retained package that is right for you and your people. And they are offering an exclusive offer for the listeners of this podcast where you'll get the first month's free in an annual retained contract. To get this offer, quote, helping organizations thrive. Now back to the episode. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So 
One of the reasons why I call myself the smart connector is because I realized over that time that um, no man is an island, let's just say. That's a very, very well-known phrase. But throughout history, there have been some of the most famous philosophers and uh, thought leaders and so on that talk about the value of connection. And really, um, the care and the love that was shown to me over that period by a lot of the medical professionals. Um, I had some fantastic um, consultants, uh, nurses. Um, I had so much love and care and tenderness put into me by people who cared professionally um, that it helped enormously, absolutely enormously, because not only uh, were they dedicated to that in a very selfless way, but also they understood, you know, they knew what I was going through because they were working with people like that all the time. And I think I was extremely blessed and fortunate to have those people because, you know, I was in a, a marriage with a, a, you know, a guy who was not particularly supportive, um, helpful or interested. That was very painful, obviously, for me at the time. And as I said, I had uh, friends who were well-meaning, but they didn't really know what to say because, of course, it, you know, it is a difficult topic. And I think I probably would have struggled a little bit more, you know, had a friend of mine maybe been diagnosed with cancer before I had it myself. So, you know, the the lay people, let's say, who've never been through it, are not always the best people to support you. They, they might have good intentions and they might be able to do good things. But for me, uh, you know, th those uh, professional kind of interventions um, were amazing. And I went to this place in London called The Haven, which is actually a converted church that has dedicate, is dedicated to women who you know, have breast cancer or recovering from breast cancer. And it's such a beautiful spiritual place with lots of healers and books. And, you know, I just look at that time and I think, you know, such a silver lining. It was amazing. So I think, I think, um, you know, the most important thing is not to suffer alone. You know, you really, really do have to swallow your pride, reach out for help, take the resources and the kindness and the love that other people are willing to give you and just surrender. And that it was a hundred percent from me as a bit of a, you know, control freak, let's just say, I had to step into a different, as you said, a different paradigm and really just, you know what, this is a process. It's going to be a process to get through this. It's going to be a process to recover. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a process of actually you know, just giving in uh, to that process and uh, being receptive to the love and the care that comes my way. Oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. You, you've got that sort of people around you as a network or, or new network created by the sounds of it. Um, and I think that's really important in a, any, well, any life business, any context. Yep. We, we all need a, a support network of friendships, of uh business colleagues or yeah. other entrepreneurs and I think it's really quite powerful and I know I've, I've over years created that and, and been quite intentional about that in a positive way yes. so I think we need we know we can't do anything on our own basically <laughs> and that's the yeah. you know and likewise we can have an input to other people's lives and help them as well when they're feeling a bit tough emotionally 
whatever it is wise and you can be a support to them as well so i think it's really important um just in the context of business when what what, what do you see i guess the parallel between <clears throat> excuse me overcoming cancer and overcoming challenges in the business world and are there any specific lessons or strategies you've applied to your experience now yeah well uh yes uh, yes there are and i think that the many of the challenges are the same because uh if you run your own business it's inevitable you are going to hit roadblocks um challenges there are going to be days where things don't go your way um it is very difficult notoriously difficult i think particularly for entrepreneurs but also high flying professionals because i have been that person as well um to not just identify 100% with the roller coaster uh, which may be daily it may be weekly monthly yearly whatever but those ups and downs that are an inevitable part of basically being an achiever and an ambitious person um because you know one thing that i did notice when when i was in these for a little short time these kind of cancer survivor communities is that a lot of people they just literally stepped away from the challenge of working completely and they just said you know for the rest of my life i'm just going to do gardening uh, or something like that and um i felt as though in doing that they were more or less just saying well you know what i i am going to die probably you know in a few years time and so i just uh, you know i may as well just um do what what people would do if that was the case and i was i was definitely no you know i've got i'm going to uh basically assume that i am going to be alive and well for the rest of my life um and when you make that decision because it isn't a decision and an identity then really you remove the cap on your ambition um and your um i think your mindset also has a huge shift and everything all these those ups and downs that might really upset other people you just stack it up against look you know i'm i'm in i'm alive I'm able to get up and actually do this. I'm able to get up and face these challenges and actually do something about them. Mm. And I can I always remember, look, I you know, I I could be I could be dying. You know, I could be lying in some in a in a hospice right now, unable to walk, unable to do anything, and I am so so lucky just to be able to engage with the challenges of mm. of being active you know and having a you know being able to to work and make a difference not just to myself my own family but also to the clients that i serve so that kind of gratitude doesn't have to be worked at it is just inherent i think yeah gratitude is amazing it's powerful gratitude isn't it it's a really powerful yeah thing to do I and mean, there's, there's obviously phys physiological things that happen with it as well but it it's a powerful tool to help you keep positive, to be optimistic and to see those opportunities and silver linings. And it, you must be incredibly grateful that you've got almost a, another shot at life, so to speak, as in, you know, you've gone through, you know, survived cancer and that's, that's brilliant. Um, and that must really help in, in terms of your motivation, I guess, going forward. 
Yeah, I never have any problem with motivation. Uh, never, you know, it's just like, you know, purpose, motivation, direction, all of that kind of thing. It's very simple and very easy for me now. Um, but one of the things that is challenging, and we talked about this earlier on, is the separation that you feel sometimes from other people who, you know, it's 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 not the same for them. And I think that is something that I'm also very, very conscious of because um, I think I think having been through this, it makes you uh, intolerant at times of um, compromise, let's just say. Mm -hmm. So I became, you know, quite black and white in my marriage, for example, after I'd been through cancer. And I was like, you know, I'd, I'd put up with a lot of very subpar behavior for a very, very long time. And when I went through this, I just became very uncompromising around relationships and around um, integrity and, and trust and the way that uh, people communicated with me. And so I became a lot more black and white about who I wanted in my life and who I didn't want in my life. And I think that, um, let's just say that kind of unwillingness to, to compromise, um, it, it's very different to the mentality that a lot of people carry around. Because a lot of people, they're more kind of, you know, that they're, they're more forgiving, they're more kind of, oh, give, you know, give them a bit of you know, a bit of rope or whatever, allow them to kind of just be human. And, you know, and I'm, I'm like, no, you know, my, my threshold is, is very low for poor behaviors. And if anybody shows up with bad behavior, I let my children get away with it to a certain extent, because I love them anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I will correct them having said that, you know, I will try not to let them get away with it, but they really are the only ones that I will, allow to treat me badly and everybody else you know the first sign of that it's like sorry but you know uh, you 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 don't have a place in my life so um that the kind of what some people might say a hardcore attitude i think very much came from the unwillingness to compromise in terms of the quality of my life now and i think that's a good lesson for all of us not that we should just go around cutting people off and everything else I, I appreciate that but being a bit more mindful with who we're associating with and if they're having a good influence on us that's great and and there's a bit of give and take sometimes of supporting other people but actually you want people who are for you celebrate you help want to help you and and it, and it goes two ways doesn't it with that um i think it's probably focus your mind as in i want to be in a context of living my life every day to the full the maximum in any capacity and by being with somebody who's not very helpful or not very nice then that's not living to my full I guess is that, is that where you're coming from with it well yeah absolutely and uh you know I've got some mantras I, I always say and I will say this to other people as well always be clear about your purpose or others will use you for theirs so I think it's very uh you know very very important to be conscious of other people's agendas as well as your own and find out whether there is a, a match really in any kind of relationship, business or personal. Um, so I think that's that's important. And also I say, well, always surround yourself by those who lift you higher. And what I mean by that is 
um, you know, not just kind of rich, wealthy people who can, you know, bankroll your business success, which is what a lot of people think that is. No, it is really people who they're, you know, they're part of your tribe, you know, they're on your side. They're looking to help you and lift you up alongside them. They're not just kind of totally selfishly uh, focused on their own um, success. So I think that is really uh, very much part of, you know, my philosophy as a smart connector. I mean, connecting smartly. A lot of people think it's about networking and about making introductions for them. And it's like, well, it's, it's actually much, much deeper than that. It is a philosophy of life, of business, of, um, you know, fulfillment, really. And uh, also a sense of why are we here? We're, we're here in this world to have an impact on others and have a positive impact, mm. leave a legacy that is that we're proud of. Um, and that all starts with the way that you show up and the way that you behave other, towards other people and, um, you know, building a tribe who values, who values uh, relationships, integrity, uh, other people, connections, love, you know, love, love comes first, love triumphs. I think the clue's in the name of calling it the smart connector, which I think having smart means there's something more than just networking or just connecting. There's something, there's a lot, there's wisdom in that. Um, when we talk about creating our tribe of people who will lift us up and elevate us, hmm. how have you dealt with people who, who you've sort of, I don't want to use the word cut off because that sounds really harsh, but you've, <laughs> mo you, you, you've moved away and from a relationship that's not not helpful for your purpose, for who you are and life and everything else. How have you dealt with that? Because people might be thinking now, okay, I've got some people in my life that are not very good for me. And I'm not talking sort of abusive. So I'm talking just generally not healthy, basically. How, mm -hmm. do you, how did you deal with that? Just some advice of what, what was your approach? Yeah, so I think a lot of people would like the kind of magic bullet for, you know, how can you see somebody, spot one of these people coming, you know, what's the red flags and you can see it on day one. Um, and, you know, the, the, the fact is, I think that's just wishful thinking because, um, you know, the, like the wolf in sheep's clothing, um, most people will show up as their best self in the beginning. Um, and really, so I'm very passionate about systems, about patterns. I'm a very strategic thinker. So, you know, I just like to uh, give people the rope to um, unpack themselves over time. And usually I find within two to three months of actually engaging with somebody, I know whether they are somebody who is looking to effectively for kind of win-win, uh, you know, to create value and to enjoy the value that you're bringing to them or whether they are just looking, well, they're just basically in it for themselves. And, you know, it's a very simple distinction, really. And um, the people who are genuinely looking to give as well as get, uh, sometimes, they, you know, they're few and far between because, um, because people who are struggling, they are often, and I remember somebody once gave me this analogy that it's a bit like, uh, you know, you're sitting on a rock and somebody is thrashing around drowning in the sea next to you and they're splashing, 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 and that you're going to get splashed by those 
you know, drops as well. But obviously at that moment in that survival thing, how can they be thinking of other people? They are really just thinking of themselves. Mm. So if I, if I detach from people like that, I don't do it with judgment. I do it with love, you know, um, and I think that's very important to uh, not judge people because people who really are struggling and they just, um, you know, they just haven't got the bandwidth, let's just say, to to give to other people. I think you do have to feel compassionate for them because mm-hmm. no matter how bad their behaviour, uh, they're just they're just in trouble, really. And and I think it's those troubled souls, really, that uh, you know they are the ones that can cause a lot of damage to other people, um, but they are really best uh, avoided in the nicest possible way. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I like the fact you, you do it with love. There's not a sense of harshness because, uh, you know, you said about you you appear to be very black and white harsh. I don't think you are. You're, you're, you've got a, a very tender heart about how you go about mm-hmm. this, and that's important. Um, if if people want to sort of connect with you, uh, Jane, and want to get in touch with you, uh, they might not, they might be a bit wary now, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, okay. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, they'll be thinking, oh, my goodness. Uh, but if they want to connect with you, get in touch with you and find a bit more about what you do and how that you can help them, um, how can they... What's the best way of doing that? Yeah, so, um, the, you know, they can check out my website, which is www.janebaylor.com. Um, obviously connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm, I'm most active or just reach out, send an email, jane at janebaylor.com. I'm very, very open and receptive. I also love to help people who are going through cancer themselves. And I do this, you know, quite freely, particularly entrepreneurs, because a lot of the time, uh, there's a, there's a big difference between people in corporate who can, you know, they can get sick leave and compassionate leave and all sorts of things. And we entrepreneurs, generally, we don't necessarily have the insurances in place. And it can be, you know, a very, very traumatic thing to not just lose our, our you know, health, but also lose our source of income, uh, you know, our business. And this does happen to a lot of entrepreneurs that go through cancer. So I'm always there for, to support um, but also, you know, commercially, if you want me to help you grow, fulfill your purpose, uh, build a bit better business, build a stronger brand, get your message out to the world and all of those wonderful things, then, of course, I'd like to talk to you as well. Well, I want to thank you for, for sharing your, your personal story today. And uh, it's great to see that you've come through the other side, learned great lessons from it. And we've just um learn lessons from it as well by you sharing so i do appreciate you coming on today jane thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure really really good to talk to you and thank you for giving me the opportunity thank you julian thank you thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you like this episode then please rate review and share it with your friends and colleagues as a coaching practice i coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions and it will help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.